0: Join the Brick City Blockade podcast network hosts in the cantina as they talk about an assortment of topics from that galaxy far, far away.
1: So, what do we talk about? Just about everything.
0: Pretty much about everything.
1: Like you said, we haven't seen each other for four, four months, four or five months
0: now. Yeah, I think the last time we saw each other was uh, we did a little Star Wars Yankee swap. Still haven't forgiven you for me ending up with Jar Jar. Yeah, I
1: definitely manipulated that. Yeah, I so used the end- force powers of some kind. Jedi mind trick while I'm reaching for a gift and I end up with Jar Jar. I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that probably says enough right there about the differences in our, in our Star Wars fandom a little bit. But uh, we won't dive into that uh, that quite yet. But um, welcome everybody. You're listening to The Cantina, part of the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast Network. This is Brian. I'm sitting across from good friend Jim, and uh, just gonna—we got our blue milk here. We're ready to just talk Star Wars here in this. Uh, what's that line that Obi Wan has? Oh, the you'll never find
1: a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Is that the one you're thinking of? Yeah, pretty much. So,
0: <laughs> geez, I haven't even talked to you in forever. We haven't—we uh, both saw Rogue One on opening night, but Did? I mean, haven't really gotten your take on multiple viewings of that and how you how you feeling about that purposely um i haven't talked in last jedi at all we no. just uh, watched the trailer together but uh, we haven't really even traded notes about that just um you know, your, your profession leads you to not really being uh, that readily available <laughs> no, between I'm pretty January mu- and uh, yeah. April. i uh it for a few months of the year. But uh, yeah, and I, I probably would say there's not going to be a very uh, regular release schedule for this particular podcast. No,
1: not. There's there's going to be a good third of the year where it's going to be hard to do. I, uh, yeah, by the end of March, I pretty much like Luke, look like Luke coming out of the cave from the last Jedi trailer. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let's
0: talk plus Jedi. We just watched the trailer and, um, you know, I, I, just to say even how busy you are, I think I texted you the day that it dropped, you are know, like, Oh, I, I haven't even looked at it. Yeah,
1: yet. it was, I mean, I'm uh, a very big star Wars fan, obviously. And normally I will watch something the second it comes out because of my job schedule, I literally had time to text you back and just, I, it was probably a good six hours before I actually watched the trailer, which takes a
0: lot of willpower that I, I that would be tough I yeah. would I would have rearranged my entire day yeah. around that but <laughs> that being it said so we saw the trailer and we were just talking about before we start recording it it was the teaser and and you know I've given my take on kind of the trailer on, on some previous, you know, podcasts we've done on on the network here. And I haven't really even picked your brain. You don't really know outside of if you've listened to any of the podcast shows and what I think about it. But, I mean, I think even just the the beginning part, we knew it was going to start off right off after. Picking up from The Force Awakens. Yeah, so, you know, we saw that and we we get confirmation that not really a big surprise that, you know, Luke's going to be training Ray. But, you know, we talked, you know, just briefly too about just, I think it already looks like an iconic shot with, I think EW confirmed that that planet is called Crate. Yeah, and um, we were talking at kind of just like, it almost melded the the prequels in the yeah. original trilogy. The, with those that. ships,
1: uh, assuming the Resistance or whatever they're going to be called, if they're even called the Resistance in this movie, because I mean, I would think at this point, whatever's left of the New Republic uh, is just going to be at war with the First Order. Uh, but anyway, whatever those rebel or resistance or first republic or new republic ships are, just remind me so much of pod racers from uh, the Phantom Menace, and uh, they and then to have the uh, the walkers in the distance. Uh, I was just saying before we started recording, it feels like it's almost a melding of those prequels and the um, original trilogy uh, vehicles and feel. I'll, I'll see. I mean, I really liked that shot. I mean, that's the thing that I hone in on, and that's saying a lot coming from me because. The whole reason I watched Star Wars is, uh, or started watching Star Wars, is, is Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So um, I loved The Force Awakens, but there was a part of me where I walked out of that theater going, you know, I just waited 30 years for a movie with Luke Skywalker in it. And he doesn't say a line, <laughs> more or less. And I get him for a few seconds at the end. And I, I still, I loved that scene. It was a great way to end that movie. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I I really hope in The Last Jedi that I get a, a major helping of Luke Skywalker. And uh, I get to see that character again. And, and I think, I, I find this movie, I'm thinking it's going to be the most interesting mm-hmm. out of the three new trilogy movies just because I remember hearing the way that J.J. Abrams was brought into this fold by Disney to produce the the first movie was uh, the question of, who is Luke Skywalker Mm -hmm. now? And I remember reading a lot of stories about that and how he got hooked on that. And to me, that's always, I know the the prequels were about the rise and fall of Anakin Mm -hmm. Skywalker. But to me, right or wrong, it's always Luke Skywalker yep. to me. That's what these. That's what I identify with in these movies. And so I really want to see who he is. And I pray that he's going to make it to episode 9 as well and he's not going to pull an Obi-Wan on us and you know be gone in the first act or second act of the movie. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case, but I'm really looking forward to just seeing who he is.
0: Yeah, and I think we really, and I don't even, it's been so long since we've chatted and I don't know how in-depth you are to even any of the new... You know, canon novels or the the comic books or anything, but you know, for the most part, we don't know. There's that thirty year gap where we don't even know what what happened. Uh, to you know, we've gotten some glimpses. You know, the Force Awakens kind of. We got some. You know, questions answered. You know, with Han Solo, we know that he's tried to start a, a new academy. We know that it failed. We mm-hmm. don't know really any of the specifics about that. But, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Last Jedi panel, um, that a uh, Star Wars Celebration, but. You know, basically, there's a couple different things that, you know, Daisy Ridley said and then Mark Hamill, but the one thing I keyed on and uh, Daisy said is, like, sometimes when you meet your heroes, they're not who you think they are, and I really wonder what the psyche of Luke Skywalker is, because he, his nephew is turned to the dark side, Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't know if he knows about Han Solo yet or not, we know that whatever he tried to do was obliterated, and he has to start all over, and... You know, there's some different theories and stuff, and that's one thing that we like to do on the podcast network, not only keeping things positive, but, you know, just theories and stuff. But the theory is that either, you know, he's just gone into hiding because he just is either checking out because he's like, I you know, whatever I do, it's going to be the wrong thing, so that's why I'm mm-hmm. going to go hiding. But there's some other theories, too, that he's become so powerful as a Jedi. Like, potentially he could be the most powerful Force user the star wars you know air quotes galaxies ever seen mm-hmm. even more so than you know than yoda or whoever else that you know maybe he's doing that to protect the galaxy and it's just it's so fascinating and i i really love that ryan johnson is really keyed in on that aspect and it's going to be i think just as much as the force awakens was kind of han solo's swan song mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not ready to go there because I'm not going to be able to emotionally deal with that. Because I think <laughs> Luke Skywalker is both of our favorite characters, but you know what? It, it's going to be so Luke centric, and and I you know I've I think I've said it on a different show that I've done before too, but I, I really think that Luke almost has the opportunity to take the hero's journey for the second time in the saga because I almost feel like. Ray and Luke need each other just as much as the other and and I feel like she's gonna pull him out of the, whatever funk he's in and well, realize what he has in front of him and what his responsibility is.
1: Well, and i I, I agree with that. If we're gonna go off of a theory, everybody talks about, what's the big line from that teaser trailer that everybody talks about? Luke Skywalker, it's time for the Jedi to end. Yeah. And everybody is kind of, I think you said it while we were watching the trailer, you know, there's probably another half a line after that. to (laughs) End end, this war. End this war. There's something, you know, they're just, uh, uh, creative editing is uh, leading us in one direction, which they did great with anything from The Force Awakens. They led you to believe all kinds of things during those trailers. However, I almost get the feeling that that, Line with um, with Rey could be very early in the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know how long they're on that planet, that island. On to yeah, yeah. Um, but that could be very early on with her coming in and giving the story of why she's there and how she wants to train to be a Jedi. And he's basically a crotchety old Jedi, just <laughs> saying no. Uh, it's I I've seen what can do. I'm I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. I'm here to not only seclude myself, but protect the galaxy from myself. Um, my father didn't have the best track record, uh, so to speak, you know? So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of protecting everybody by being out here. And, uh, you know, it's it's just time for this to end. That could be the first 15 minutes of the movie, and 15 minutes later, she's convinced him. You know, it's like somebody going to convince the old retired special forces forces military guy to come out of retirement for one last mission you know you've yep. seen in action movies many times so you know that's almost if I was gonna guess I think that's the way I'd go
0: see I want to ask you too about um did you key in on the when they showed the like bookcase there it was almost you know there's some rumors and stuff going on that that might be some sort of a force tree did you read those the shattered Um, No, I didn't read Shadow of Empire. No, like the four run of comic series leading up to Force Awakens. No. Well, anyway, so, spoiler, it's been out there for like two years now, so. (laughs) Um, But basically, Luke breaks in with Poe Dameron's mom, and they break into an Imperial facility and steal two um, Force Tree saplings, basically. And he gives one to Poe Dameron's mom. They plant it on Yavin 4, and we don't know what he did with the other one, so you know whether this is something that you know was already on Octu did he did he plant that but to me it looked like a bookshelf with oh, a bunch it, of like old it, books and i took it as meaning that's all that he salvaged from
1: his, the devastation that was his academy that's what i and, and i kind of feel like um the little bit that there is out there about luke skywalker in between Return of the Jedi and, uh, and actually I think this happened in a book earlier. It was one of the newer books that came out around The uh, Force Awakens. What is that one with him in it where
0: he... uh, Heir to the Jedi? When he, like, he goes out looking for... He's
1: out looking for temples and things like that of the Jedi, and I assumed that was something that he continued after Return of the Jedi, because if you're going to rebuild the Jedi Order, you're probably going to look for some of the materials related to that. And that's what I saw there. I mean, that's I could be wrong, but uh, I saw books as well, and that's kind of what I pictured.
0: Speaking of books, too, there's somebody that wrote a book. Um, I think it came out in, like, 2015, and it's, I think it was titled, like, Luke Skywalker Can't Read. And basically what they did is they went into it and basically said, like, in the Star Wars universe, nobody ever writes anything down. They're reliant on technology to retain a lot of uh, historical stuff, and that, you know that's why you know going back to the prequels a little bit, they had the the Jedi Library there, all electronic. Nobody ever has any books or anything. So like the fact that there was actually a book there, but I take that back. Now I'm thinking back in the Marvel Comics series that's running out. Luke actually runs and gets Obi Wan's uh, journal, and mm-hmm. he reads through that, and he kind of sees like a little bit what Obi Wan did on his time on, on Tatooine. But you know, for the most part, like who knows? And and I've talked to and I've talked to Robin before and and Chris that maybe even in the prequels the you know the jedi order as we know it wasn't how the jedi order was in the old republic basically and maybe over time they lost their way a little bit to Mm -hmm. the point where they were duped by a sith lord but maybe see i i really want luke to be able to find out like basically the jedi order in the prequels was they had it all wrong that you can there's (laughs) The the term great Jedi I think Pablo Hidalgo is gonna pull his is bleeping hair out at this yeah, point because yeah. you know, you can't be a great you know, if you're a great Jedi, you you're either, you know, it unfortunately there's the two extremes, you're a Jedi, you're a Sith. You might be in the middle, and I know that you probably aren't up with a lot of the stuff in Star Wars Rebels, but there, you know, there's this character called the Bendu and he he prides himself on basically being in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, and is he what? a
1: force is he a force user?
0: Yes. He is. Okay. So. Cuz I
1: always it, it, the way I've kind of and that's it now I know that it's wrong. Uh, <laughs> but the way I thought about it was more like um Santaka. Yep. Um you know people like him uh the, him the Guardians of the Wills. Yes, Yuck. you know, these it, maybe a little bit force sensitive might be the word. Mm-hmm. Um were the people who were almost in the middle. And because if you had the power to become a Jedi, was what made it so you were going to be one extreme or the other. Because mm-hmm. you're going to be pulled to one side or the other if you have that much power. It's just the way the Force works, and the whole bring balance to the Force. Yeah. And I find it kind of strange that the Jedi are always, you know, there. There's this notion that the it's almost like one needs the other to exist. Mm -hmm. That's the way the Force has balance. If you're going to have an extreme that is the Jedi, and Jedi are supposed to be just this righteous group, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, All good. You need to have the other side if you're going to have balance. And I find it strange because people just assume that you want to eradicate the Sith, but I don't know if the Jedi can do that. And maybe that's something that Luke Skywalker now knows. If he's out there, there's got to be another side. So if there's somebody as powerful on the light side, as he is mm-hmm. if there is always balance if the force always comes into balance that means there has to be an opposite on the sith side it's just I always found that interesting as far as bringing balance to the force it seems like the only way to truly bring balance to the force and not have the Sith, the ultra evil side mm-hmm. is to not have the ultra light side either
0: and I think that's what's so to me intriguing about Snoke and I, I, I personally think that Snoke is Snoke he's this new character mm. You know, and I'm still reading through a lot of the canon books. I mean, I've got them over my shoulder here, and and I'm still I'm trying to get into. Uh, I keep trying to start Thrawn. I haven't yet. I'm just working on the third of the aftermath trilogy. That got Which, really good. That
1: has grown on me so much. It I was, know that
0: we talked a couple of years ago, and I know when the first one came oh, out, you're like, it was like, torture." You're like, oh, I don't know about this," and I'm no. like, "Based on your recommendation, I, I held off for a while." But I really loved Life Debt and yes. um,
1: second one pulled that series out of the fire
0: really for me and i actually really began to love a lot of those characters me i in again
1: as you alluded to at the beginning i'm not the biggest prequel fan in the world uh but bones is a yeah. hilarious character and just i have quoted it to my son now you know if we're doing something i'll just you know, if i screw something up and i break something i'd be like you know i have performed violence, Is you know the <laughs> quote around the household now because he, he says it at the most opportune and funny
0: times but uh yeah, there are some good characters in that. I like, yeah. uh, is it Sinjir? The, yes, yeah, the ex-Imperial. Think, yeah, he's yeah. one of my favorite characters in that. But anyways, and I you know, obviously won't get in there. But basically, I think there's this intrigue about the Outer Rim. Jakku's basically kind of out on the Outer Rim. And just there, there's this whole unexplored aspect of the Star Wars galaxy that we know about. And, you know, going way back to, like, Star Wars Legends and, mm-hmm. you know, with Thrawn and, and basically in the uh, Zhong Vong and we've talked about all that other stuff. And it would be interesting to see, like, how much of that ever do they kind of extract and, and pull back in. It I actually, love the fact that they brought Thrawn back. Yeah,
1: he is, I mean, if you're going to hone in, and I, I, I obviously there's going to be differing opinions because the expanded universe was gigantic. You know, the Legends expanded universe. But Thrawn, I think most people, if you read... Three books. Mm-hmm. You read the Throne trilogy yep. from Legends. If you read anything out of the expanded universe, and uh, to bring him back in, I think is fantastic. And I, it's just going to happen. We know it's going to happen at some point. I can't wait to see him in a movie.
0: He's going to be in a movie. And they did great. They did. um You know, not to give any spoilers at all because I don't think I don't believe you've uh, got up caught caught up with Rubbles, but. A lot of people complained that they kind of slow-rolled him and his involvement and in, in whatnot. But when the, he finally was done playing his long game, everyone's like, oh yeah, that That's that, him, was, that right? was good. Yeah,
1: he is so calculated and
0: cold. It's, and then they had wrapped up the yeah. season three of Rebels. I'm looking at the, the Funko Pop here that they, they have for him. But um, they wrapped that up, and then right before Star Wars Celebration was when the Thrawn novel came out. And I believe that actually takes place before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously I know you know Scott and Robin they've already they've read through it and given it rave reviews so, I think I'm like six pages in I just oh. was on vacation recently and I just haven't gotten the time. Well, to... you're
1: just saying you know you're wondering how much they bring in of Thrawn and his race. Um, I know the the third aftermath book. Uh, they I was just reading this. You know it's in the last twenty five percent of the book. He's mentioned in there. Oh, so you've gotten to that point. Yeah, I'm reading it on the Kindle, and of course, you know, the word Thrawn comes up in a sentence, and it shows you how many people have highlighted that section, and it's, you know, 175 or something highlights (laughs) of that area. Everybody's keying in on it. And, um, but they were talking about the only reason, the wording was somewhere along the lines of the only reason the Emperor kept him around was because of his knowledge of what's beyond the Outer Rim and how to leave the galaxy for this contingency plan, partially. And so that was kind of telling me they're saying his people came from beyond the outer rim which is exactly the way it was in legends Mm -hmm. um so you know it sounds like they're going to keep some of that intact which is good to hear
0: it's funny how this conversation can just go all over the all over the place just talking about a last jedi trailer here but yeah you know, I, I think that uh, going back to something I was saying earlier before we went on these wild tangents, and I apologize because we're going to do this all the time. That's why this is a <laughs> We don't have, have anything in front of us about what we want to talk about. It's just where the conversation goes, you know, here in the cantina. But I really think that Luke is going to find what the original Jedi Order was meant to be. That's my main theory coming out of this. and And I feel like... They always associated to, and you you saw it play out in the prequels with basically, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, you're not supposed to love and all that other stuff. And and obviously we know that the impact that that it had on Anakin. And basically, I really do think that Anakin basically was manipulated by Palpatine. I mean, basically, if you look back at it, I mean, it was this, I mean, Palpatine is still, I think, one of the most important characters in the entire, you know, he's spanning and he still has an impact on on the sequel trilogy, without us even having to be present but is the extremes that the Jedi order was going to at that point to basically have everybody be robotic and without feeling and it's just that's maybe it's more towards the middle in terms of not necessarily using like I'm not going to sit here and choke you with the force mm-hmm. or you know use you know force lightning and everything and you know force powers we kind of associate with with the dark side but is it going to be okay to lack some of those Social norms and stuff that was like forbidden basically because at that point then you're more apt to be fall to the dark side at that point Yeah, because you're you know that it's wrong. I, I Don't know I in it. I also I, I Look
1: at what the uh, the prequel showed us and you're right. There was so so many extremes. It's almost like um, Obviously, there's a lot of ties to religion and you look at uh, it is what the Jedi order was in the prequel era was it an extremist that's the thing of of, of that particular uh, if you I don't want to call it a religion but no mm-hmm. let's let's use it cuz it's the applicable word at the moment i guess and over how many i mean millennia right mm-hmm. they've been around that's a lot of time for people with a lot of power to evolve mm-hmm. and uh, there can be factions and factions can overwhelm and become a majority and then lead the whole order in another direction is that where we had ended up in the prequels i and i think that's kind of along the lines of what you you might be saying has it become something that was just extreme and uh, god i hope so because if that's not extreme i'd hate to see what the jedi order would look like if
0: it was extreme <laughs> well that's the thing too and it it's just funny too because it, it, there it's more it's most it's almost gonna you know when when george lucas first developed star wars it was very much there there's good and there's bad and there's morals and it's supposed to help you know young children you know you know he said always said and it famously has always said you know star wars is meant to be for 12 year olds i mean i think it all helps us feel like 12 years old again for the yeah. most part but you know where was i gonna go with this i'll probably edit this out and probably forget and this will be in the in the, in the live show still but we're, we're gonna have more characters kind of in the middle that it's Questionable if they're good or they're bad, you know going back to the you know, the character we're just talking about with with Sinji or the you know ex-imperial He's technically doing things for the the New Republic but he's definitely skirting some of those Doing yeah. bad to do good,
1: yeah. But we saw that in Rogue One.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's Cassian
1: Andor, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, and that what a what a great opening. Here we go on another tangent. Now we're <laughs> off to Rogue One. Um, I mean, to to introduce that character, and to be honest with you, Cassian Andor was definitely down on my list as far as favorite characters from Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't a bad character, but I didn't think he was something that you know drew me into the movie more. Mm-hmm. But uh, that scene when he meets with the informant. And, uh, you know, takes him out because he's got to go and he doesn't want that knowledge, you know, that it got passed on to him going anywhere else. That, I think that spoke a lot about what the rebellion was a, you know, wasn't all goody two shoes, you know, it's not all Mon Matha and her great white robe type deal.
0: I mean, there's been like a lot, I mean, there's famously a lot of people that are out there like with YouTube channels and, and whatnot and just trying to produce content that maybe content isn't there, but... You know, I I've seen a couple of ones that are kind of kind of silly, kind of almost laugh it off a little bit, but they're have made going back to your extremist point, like they've actually some people have tried to make the case that actually the rebels are actually the bad guys mm. that you have a you know, a democracy, you have Empire
1: some... did nothing wrong Reddit. If nobody's ever gone there, oh. go to Reddit
0: and find the Empire did nothing wrong subreddit. It's fantastic. But go <laughs> ahead. I just had to... Yeah, but I mean basically if you think about it, it, it almost is kind of to that it, you know, you could make a case that um you know, obviously, we know that the empire is evil, and they're doing you know evil things to suppress people. But I mean, on the other hand, too, you're—I don't know—it's no,
1: they kind of go into this a little bit in uh, Lost Stars.
0: I haven't read that one. You, you haven't?
1: Yet. That's actually a really good book. Yeah. Um, as much as it is uh, a love story, and you know, one person, it's almost like a Romeo and Juliet, where you know, one person ends up empire, one person ends up rebel. With that being said, they go into that a little bit because at the beginning, if I remember correctly, I was one of the first uh, new books that I read, Um, so it's been a little while, but everybody is training in an Imperial Academy, Mm -hmm. and as they graduate, some of them end up on the Death Star, and the first Death Star, and... um, you know, so they go into that a little bit, where after that is destroyed by the rebels, um, some of the imperial people talk about how it's a terrorist act, mm-hmm. and you hear that a little bit more through some of the other books, um, how it's viewed. And there is, I guess, from a certain point of view, um, you know, you <laughs> want had it right. Yeah, all this time. you can see that. Uh, so no, I I agree. It's um, it, it is there is this way to look at it. Um, But then when you get into what the Empire was doing to planets like Kashyyyk, uh, and just slaving and general horribleness, there was just so much corruption in... I mean, they're they're elitists. They're they're racist. The reason Thrawn is such an oddity in the Empire... He's an alien. He's an alien, and the reason why it says in Aftermath the only reason the Emperor kept him a lo- around was they're, they're saying, hey, he's an alien.
0: Mm-hmm. This is
1: the only way that we're going to tolerate in him because there's some type of use we can't get from somebody who's not an alien. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: The one thing, too, I I wish they would have had a little bit more about it because I feel like we don't get, we'll don't we probably get this in a, in a future Last Jedi trailer, but the insurmountable odds that are against the Resistance or whatever we're going to call them now, they wiped out... Oh, it's the prim- um something prime Hosnian Prime. Mm-hmm. So basically, the Star Killer base took out Hosnian Prime. The the basically the entire New Republic government is gone. The First Order and and Snoke like they potentially have the, they could be bigger than the Empire ever was, and I feel like the Resistance could be smaller than the Rebel Alliance ever was, and what? it's just like that it you know the original trilogy was definitely David versus Goliath but this one feels like it could be even bigger
1: and I I almost hope we don't go there because one of the biggest complaints about The Force Awakens um, some of my other friends you know I remember talking to them and they said up until Han Solo mm-hmm. shows up in The Force Awakens they felt like they were watching some of the best sci-fi that they had ever seen yeah um, and they, they felt from the moment that solo appears uh walking into the falcon that it becomes uh you know their phrase was more fan service Mm -hmm. we we had to tie it in and make it feel like the original trilogy and and it was too much okay a small group of fighters blow up a big round thing Mm -hmm. you know and and you can see that and even if you look at it the the whole star killer base i mean there's basically a trench run yeah. and then you get into the interior of this thing and it's like flying into the second Death Star yep. and, blowing, you know, and it's like okay I, I get that. It didn't bother me no. as much. I loved the movie yep. um, but I can see how it bothers other people so to go again to a David versus Goliath I just I feel like we've done that enough now in Star Wars. I want to see them break some different ground and we haven't seen two equal sized Powerhouses mm-hmm. go against each other, and there's something to be said for that too. Yeah, um, you know it, it, it's it would just be an all out galactic, and I would love to see more evenly uh, matched space battles.
0: And you know what? Too, you just maybe realized something too. I mean, they took out the the government, but it doesn't mean the entire fleet was there. So, but
1: they did, you know, they did. Uh, how much of it was propaganda? But Hux's speech mm-hmm. uh, before they fired off the uh, Starkiller base, they taught... He said something to the effect of their precious fleet, you know, was going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've always been under the impression that a lot of the New Republic's fleet was around Hosnian Prime. But at the same time, we don't know how big the First Order was. I never got the sense that they were um, as big of the original Empire and how much of it went up in smoke on Starkiller base.
0: I mean... See, I don't know, like, as much as we think it is. Like, I, 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 that's why the intrigue about the Outer Rim is, you know, they could have been amassing, mm. who knows? And
1: to this point, actually, I don't know how many people, if you've ever talked to anybody, I don't think you and I have ever talked about this, but when you watch The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. um, oh my god, his name is escaping me, right? Poe. Poe Dameron. He gets taken prisoner. Mm-hmm. On Jakku, he gets taken, and he looks around. He's he's like getting. He's like, all right, all right, you know, stop pushing me. And then he almost does this double take. And he looks around, and it may, got, gave me the feeling that the Resistance had no idea that they had Star
0: Destroyers. Like, Well, this. here's the thing, and it ties into bef- uh, Before the Awakening, that the book that had the three characters. And, basically, and I read that, yeah. So there was something in there that they talk about. I, I can't remember if it was Leia that had said it, but basically there was some sort of an accord that they knew that the First Order existed. And they could repurpose the Imperial fleet or, or something to that extent. But they basically whatever guidelines or, or uh, an agreement that they came to basically said that they would not be creating new ships, new technology, and they were supposed to be like contained to a certain point. And I don't know if it was in the novelization of the Force Awakens, but I think it actually goes into that a little bit more in depth. That you know he basically realizes they've been duped all this time. That basically like that isn't what a star destroyer hangar is supposed to look like. Yeah. So. You it know, it that's took,
1: a, it was just a very, uh, and I think it's it an a subtle underplayed point yeah. too, unless you really pay attention when you watch that scene, it's like, he's amazed at what he's looking at. Yeah.
0: And it just says, you know, I'm in deeper than I thought I was pretty much. So, you know, while we're talking Force Awakens, and this is what we're just going to do on this show is just jump around all the time. It was actually, I had recently had gone, when Rogue One came out on, on digital, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to yeah. watch not release order, but chronological order. I was going to start with Phantom Menace and go all the way through.
1: Mm -hmm. But it was
0: actually on my... And I don't even know how many times I've seen Force Awakens now. It's probably close to 20. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm probably... You know, I really enjoy the film. But it's funny, and as I've had more of a... a, More of a musical ear when I'm listening for, you know, little cues or something from, from John Williams, it's funny when Finn... Rescues uh, Poe, and they they have the he pulls him into that uh, the hallway there. He did a pilot. Yeah. The, <laughs> there, there's the faintest hint of the Force theme there, really. And I don't know what it means. And I you know I've talked to Robin and stuff well,
1: and blah, blah, blah. isn't uh, see I don't know I haven't read much about you were mentioning a story with Luke and Poe Dameron's mother. Yep. Right. And so I haven't read that. Now I'm going to have to read that. But uh, Force sensitive, right? She was. It, it, don't they hint at that somewhere that Poe's family?
0: Well, he had the tree outside, so basically... And they don't even know is, like, you know, is he, because he grew up around one, did he be eventually become, you yeah. know, for... If you think... And I... So, I actually learned His character wasn't even supposed to make it out of Force Awakens, I, though, so... But the funny thing is, is I... After hearing that little cue, I'm like, you know, there people have made arguments that, you know, maybe Finn is Force-sensitive, but I've really started to think as the movie went on that I feel like Poe is the one that was... If you just realize how good of a pilot he is, it's ridiculous. Which actually
1: is one of my favorite scenes of that movie, is him blowing everybody up along Mads' castle. Yeah, I mean, just what
0: he does there, I mean, it's like... And then, you know, we just joked about you know having a a trench run 2.0, but, you know, what he did there was, you know, pretty incredible. So, Mm -hmm. obviously, he's not a force user, but maybe he's just in tune to... It's all the X-Wing. He has the special X-Wing. Oh. It has
1: nothing to do with the pilot. Yeah, speaking of yeah. going back to this trailer, <laughs> I am like
0: terribly upset that that black X-Wing fighter may have bit it. They show that explosion in the head. Yeah, there. that's right. Yeah, with, with Poe, yeah. Um, oh. So anyways. That but, is a fanta- That is an awesome vehicle, too, yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like we're going to get more about, you know, as more of these trailers kind of come out, we'll, we'll get some more. and This is just enough to whet the appetite a little bit. It,
1: it's funny because I watched everything having to do with the force awaken trailers multiple times and coming out of the theater after finally seeing it one of my thoughts was you know i kind of wish i hadn't watched all those trailers because the idea of going into a star wars movie Mm -hmm. brand new having new characters plus the characters that i originally got attached to the series for in it i almost would have loved to have been surprised by some of it and i saw so much I mean, it's like seeing a movie where they put all the good lines in a movie, you know, all the, yeah. all the best lines in the trailer. Um, and that's not what I'm saying happened in this case, but um, I go back and forth, and I kind of wonder uh, if I have the willpower to you not don't. watch trailers. You don't. I don't. thanks for the faith. I appreciate that. Um, again, it would probably be pretty hard to do some of these podcasts and not talk about what's going on. I'd have to just plug
0: my ears and... <laughs> no. Um, but yeah. I, but speak, Rogue One did the same thing. Like... There was so many times during when we got out of seeing Rogue One that I was like, I wasn't. I, I, I really liked it, and I, I, you know, I you see the, these articles and stuff all the time. Oh, rank all the Star Wars articles, you know, one to eight, or you know, yeah. what? I'm really getting to the point where I've really struggled to do that. That I enjoy. I mean, just have this deep love for Star Wars that I just... I, I, I view it all I as I can whole, drop three
1: of them right off the bat. Well, I don't even could. need to make the list. Well, but still...
0: <laughs> yeah, you got But See, I I appreciate them, and I know that you don't. We're going to get into this. Oh, I, mean, I know. This is a whole I'm actually podcast. planning on a whole episode of yeah. the, just debating the two of them and, and trying to keep it positive and respectful, but I don't know that might be difficult. But, um, it you know, the, the things that we saw, you know, I... It was even the end when you saw, you know, Jin on the top of the tower there. I was like, here comes the TIE Fighter. I love that scene, too, in the trailer. And that was when I got
1: the uh, the Blu-ray not long ago. I'm digging into the special features because I'm like, I want to, what happened to that? I was hoping they'd have deleted scenes. Yep. And I don't know if they do in other copies. Like, maybe there's another version that has it. But I was really disappointed there were no deleted scenes from the, the Rogue One uh, Blu-ray re- release. And uh, it, it had me going on YouTube kind of finding out what the deal was with some of those specifically that. And I did find there was somebody who broke it up and had some information as to, and I guess that was never supposed to be in the movie, supposedly. Um,
0: and they I'm just like, do like special effects yeah. and cool things and just say, Hey, if we did this, what does it look like? And, yeah. and I think Gareth Edwards actually did like, he was very, he had a unique style that we've seen previously and he was very, you know, in your face and a lot of different camera angles and stuff. And he just mm-hmm. wanted to just see different things and just see how it ended up looking. But I don't really feel like i got misled as a moviegoer but it's just maybe that's the way to go because we did have a lot of surprise and intrigue with, with rogue one yeah i, I mean, mean the beach true. scene and they're running with the death star plans never said that, that didn't happen yep
1: but that was i mean there was a lot of reshoots right? yeah we, we we heard about that um a lot of people got very very worried when they heard that well, I there think were it was extensive
0: a, reshoots. I think they just wanted to tighten up the ending, that third act, because yeah. I think it got so long and drawn out. Yeah. I and know. I actually think it has a good pace now. Like, if you... From when they land on Scarif to, you know, basically the end, obviously it's just it's just boom, boom, boom. That it's, whole
1: movie doesn't stop.
0: It really doesn't. You
1: watch that movie, there is not a lot of, you know, you're not going to get up and go grab a beer or something because no. if you're seeing that for the first time, because there's no lull, there's nothing. Um, so no, that's just, uh, I agree though. That third act is well paced, Mm -hmm. I guess would probably be the phrase to use. There's, it it was well done and whatever they reshot was probably worth it because the end result turned out to be very good.
0: You know, I was just at, um, Walt Disney world for, we had a family vacation. We went down, I had the opportunity to go to the launch bay and something I mentioned on the live podcast, um, a week ago or whenever we had that, that they had a, um, in the, they had a, a uh, video that you could watch. It was funny. I went with my son and we started watching in the middle of it. He goes, Daddy, what are we watching? I thought it was Star Wars, but it was most of like, you know, just all the creators and, and Kathleen Kennedy and talking about the love of making it and stuff. And you just see, I don't think they had gotten to the point to include Ryan Johnson in that, but they had Gareth Edwards and you just, these guys grew up, you know, just like, you know, just like what we did. They just, the love of it. And it's almost like they're, somebody in the video, and I don't know if it was Kathleen Kennedy basically said they're almost like caretakers for what George Lucas did, because they're all, they're all, you know, they're almost protégés of of George Lucas, they, that they don't want to make a bad Star Wars movie. Yeah. We, okay, is this that far out, we maybe never get a bad Star Wars movie going forward? Well, you know,
1: this is the thing though, Uh, and I, one of the most recent Brick City Blockade podcasts, it was a live one you guys did from Krypton, I was just listening to that the other day. And um, somebody was talking about the release date for Episode Nine yep. being in May, mm-hmm. and there was a comment—I forgot who made it—but there was a comment about how this opens the door for two movies a year: a May and a December. <laughs> and I go, "Oh my God, no!" No, see, I'm—I I'm love you're Star with... Wars, but I don't want two a year because it, almost in my mind, it opens up—it's—it's it's quantity and not quality at that point. Yeah, and that's
0: a big fear of mine. I think um, the one, even the one we've now seen it we've gone 2015 we've had basically two straight holiday seasons where we've had a a movie but if i'm just hoping they made the switch to go back to may like i've really liked having going to see a star wars movie multiple times around the holidays but there's something about also having the release in may May. well it's the traditional it's the traditional one i mean every george
1: lucas's birthday is in may i believe Uh, and that's one of the reasons um let's see Uh
0: I'm big enough Star Wars geek to know this. No, things, I know, you know, but obviously that's why you're on the show here. That's so why we're actually recording a conversation that we typically probably would have had anyway. So that's the whole the whole gist of this thing, but yeah, it's I don't know, I, I think I think the two gets to be the point where you okay, well it drove everybody crazy that everyone's like, Okay, when's the trailer happening? And anybody that knew anything, basically, even if they use the same game plan as the year prior, with Rogue One, we knew we were getting the teaser teaser trailer in April. It just coincided with Star Wars Celebration. I mean, anybody that expected it to be before then was just kind of kidding themselves. Right. But that was the teaser. We're probably going to get the first kind of official trailer probably in July, or or something along those lines. And then probably come late September is when we're going to get the final like official trailer. And then that's when all the TV spots will basically start opening up. But
1: and you, then you have to start watching the Japanese version of the trailers for the two seconds of other footage that's not in the American Well, it's funny release. you mentioned that and about I do the... do all that. You know? the,
0: the international trailers, it's just they, they cater to the uh, the culture of that. And it, it is funny to make that comparison because they do include... And they hone in on different things. Like uh,
1: the Japanese one that I watched had a lot more BB-8 in it. Yeah. You know, that was just a character that they felt would play better there. And, yeah. oh. and he was a surprising character. To be honest with you, when I saw the first teaser trailer for The Force Awakens... Um, and I saw BB-8 rolling across the desert. I was just thinking to myself, oh, God, what is this thing?
0: You've seen that cartoon going around of R2-D2 plugging into the Death Star?
1: Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you sent that to me, actually. Uh, problem. yeah. That's, <laughs> Sounds so, like but, something I would do. But, yeah, yeah. I,
0: I just think the two... I would love to get into that in more depth uh, you know, in a future episode or something like that. But the, the two feels like it would be overkill. I'm I'm struggling to keep up with one... And I mean, I've got all the, I'd love to be able to start pawn through the, you know, the art of and the making of books and just the the novels and the comics. And, you know, we're both into kind of collecting and it's just, it's funny how much bigger Star Wars has become than we even ever had growing up.
1: Yeah. And there's, a. I I started reading this and then I got out of it and um, because of, I think the when Life Debt came out, uh, not long, just like a week after I started reading it, so I didn't get far into it. But there's a book out there. I can't remember the author's name, but I believe it's How Star Wars Conquered the
0: Universe. Oh, with Chris Brown. Is it, is, I, no, is geez, I'm I'm sorry but, if we just butchered but that. But the
1: beginning, the beginning has. I, I'm pretty sure that's the name of the book. Uh, and I got to get back into it now that I'm thinking of it. But the beginning of the book, he's talking about being on. Um, I think it was like a Navajo yep. Indian reservation. And they were—they had translated uh, the original movie into the Navajo native language, and which was a big deal. Um, and so a lot of people were there, and there was a very old member of the tribe, Chris who, Taylor. Chris Taylor. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry, Chris. Yeah. And in uh, <laughs> it's it, basically this this uh, older member of the tribe did not—you know—he never went to movies, he never watched TV, he just was. Outside of all technology where he was in this tribe. And uh, the the author was having a conversation with him. You know, have you ever heard of, you know what this is about? No. And it came to, uh, he said something to the effect, I want to say like metal birds or something like that. He realized that at some point he saw something and the author realized he was talking about, I believe it was X-Wings. Mm-hmm. And so he was just like, here's a guy that for all of his life he's been secluded from anything like this, but yet still he has seen something from Star Wars. He he knows of it somehow, and it's true. I mean, yeah, there's the Harry Potter franchises, and there's other franchises that are out there, but I don't think there's anything like this that goes for generations. Yeah. It's not, you know, it, my parents are really, I mean, my mom has a Yoda sticker in her car, car for God's sakes. So, you know, she loves the movie. I love the movies. My son's into it. And, you know that's three generations there yep. and I know Harry Potter hasn't been around long enough to be like that quite yet but there's just something about this where it's almost a language in and of itself we you watch a show and there's just an off comment about a Jedi mind trick mm-hmm. and it's it's not a sci-fi show or anything I mean there's a British show that my wife and I like watching QI from England mm-hmm. um, and it's just this funny uh, um, panel quiz show and there's gotta be a couple of Star Wars references per season yeah just offhand comments there's nothing like it and that's one of the things that makes it great I think
0: yeah hey, Amen. <laughs> so geez that's the trailer so basically I think we could probably sum that up we're probably both pretty excited about that and we don't really know anything. and we say it all the time too we don't pretend to know anything everything I mean you're talking about how to keep up with everything I mean basically I was trying to keep up with the Marvel comics and I know Robin and Scott do a really good job about that, but I basically just had to say I'm like I got to cut something out. It's got to be it's got to be that. Yeah,
1: I mean I've wanted to get into it.
0: Um, in my it gets excuse. expensive too. Yeah. I mean every month, and yep. you know you're talking four or five bucks, even if you get them digitally or, or go to your comic shop. But you know I I try to make the determination. I'm like okay if there's different levels of canon, I don't want to get back to how legends used to be treated with like the you know ABC you know George <laughs> canon you know whatever it is. But basically. You know, if there's anything that really happens that's that impacts the Star Wars galaxy in a big way, I'm sure I'll hear about it. Yeah. I mean I really do enjoy the novels and I've enjoyed kinda to going through there, but um... Well
1: the movies are it, right? I mean that's what Star Wars is.
0: Yeah. It's the movies.
1: And everything else that goes along with it are really for people like us that want more detail. Yep. We want they we want to flesh out the galaxy. We wanna know more backstory. I mean most of the movie going public goes into the Force Awakens and doesn't walk out of there and go, "Boy, I really want to know more about Poe Dameron and his parents." You know, whereas we are like, "Oh, well, look, a book about his parents. Yeah, let's read it." You know, we we want to read that stuff. We're going to eat it up. Um, but that's when it comes down to it, it's just the movies. And so everything else I agree. I mean, it's nice to have those there uh-huh. where if you can't get enough of it, And if you have the time, you can go and you can immerse yourself in it and you can be in that galaxy more than just the movies. Um, But I agree, there's almost so much of it now that you do have to be a little uh, choosy about it. I I think of the the joke about, um, I remember somebody saying, when you get married, you need to choose between the NFL and college football. Because one Saturday, one Sunday, and your wife just isn't going to be able to deal with you <laughs> watching TV for both days straight, you know? So you got to pick one or the other. And uh, you got to be a little choosy with your Star Wars stuff. I mean, you, you still need to actually make money to buy all the Star Wars merchandise. Yeah, so, you do. Uh, so you got to cut something out.
0: But I think also, too, I, you know, I, 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 w- I could give credit to the right person, and I would. But somebody has made—I've I've heard a podcast before where they made kind of an offhand comment where— You know, down the line, there may actually be like Star Wars historians. That there's so much in the galaxy. Sign me up. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) it. Let's just start. Let's found the company right now. But basically, something about Lucasfilm and Story Group and all that other stuff. But it's just it's almost so much to know. But I think the thing that's great about Star Wars is it's it's there if you want it. There's so much that you can do, and even if you don't like something about it. Or like you can <coughs> Oh God! Excuse me, man. That's, you might not get that cough yeah. looked yeah, at, yeah, but sorry. you can. You also can just put in whatever time that you have. Or and I mean, you know, not to make light of how expensive it is to keep up with everything too. I mean that that can be a leading decision, and to say like, okay, well, this is where this is kind of as far as my fandom will allow me to go at this point. Yeah. But the good thing about you know, there's so many other great. Star Wars podcasts out there and stuff like that. There's people willing to, to share and talk about it that uh, you can still feel like you're not missing out because there'll be somebody out there talking about it.
1: Yeah. And actually, you know, to kind of go off in another area, something I wanted to talk about because we we haven't talked about this since, since it happened uh, is the loss of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. And I know we try to stay more positive on these podcasts, um, but really when it comes to, Uh, people in the Star Wars universe and how positive they were. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was at the top of the ladder. Yeah. Um, She was amazing. And uh, it's too bad that we're not going to get to see her. I'm I'm happy that she was a part of episode eight. Yeah. Um, And that's part of the teaser trailer as well that we've been discussing. Yeah, you you see see her from behind. And it's. you made a comment earlier uh, how people, the the directors and the producers that are coming onto these movies, they're almost like they're keepers. And that's one of the things that reminded me of Carrie Fisher because she has a great quote out there when she's talking about going to these different uh, conventions and meeting with fans. And to have somebody like her be part of such a big franchise and be one of the original catalysts of that franchise, and she really got it. She tried to connect with the fans. And Mm -hmm. she used to say, I'm not Princess Leia. Leia, but I am her keeper. Mm -hmm. And that kind of hits home. You know, there's Harrison Ford. He went on to do a lot of other movies. And to all his right, you know, he doesn't associate as much. You know, it took a lot to get him back. And to come back to the Star Wars universe. And thankfully he did for that movie. Uh, Mark Hamill's been very good as well. But there are people that have been involved with the movies. Uh, The guy that played Palpatine is a little notorious for not being the best fan interaction-wise. Um, but Carrie Fisher, always positive. And if there's a a, a documentary that actually was released uh, about her and her mother...
0: I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. That
1: is... And it's it's killing me that that name is escaping me right now of it. It's on... It's HBO, isn't it? It's HBO. That's right. I'm trying to think of what we watched it streaming on. Um, but it, it got released not long after she passed away.
0: I think they moved it up because it was supposed to come out much later. Really? And I think they had it in the can, but I think just the timing—they're like, "Yeah, why would we sit on
1: this?" It was—it was awesome. Yeah. And um, it's a little weird because there's a big difference in Carrie Fisher the last two years and Carrie Fisher ten years ago. Yeah. Um, but she was still uh, an amazing person. Um, and somebody that I really regret now. Not, you know it. I regret not having gone to a convention where she was and meeting, because it would have been great uh, just to get a good chance. And I don't know what your feelings are about yeah. losing her. I
0: mean, I think I've shared a little bit before, too. But I, I, think, I don't think I realized how kind of important she was until she wasn't there. I almost kind of took her for granted, uh, if that sounds weird or bad or whatever, that uh, I think everybody kind of realized the impact that she had when she wasn't there. And I, I think it all just just kind of brought it home too, like you know they're not all going to be around forever. No. But uh, I don't know. I, I've shared within the past too about you know should they, uh, you know she's all you know that that quote you had said before too is, you know it's right on. I mean she is you know Princess Leia, but I almost feel like they have to give somebody else the chance to. Play Princess Leia to do Mm -hmm. the character justice, which I think would also do Carrie Fisher justice. I feel like if they write her out of a crawl, you know, they say, um, you know, in a crawl, like, oh, you know, General Leia's ship was destroyed by the First Order. Yeah, that cheapens what she what she meant. And and uh, as much as I was a big fan of like some of the CGI work they did in Rogue One, you still had that like uncanny valley of just like you know that it's not. Yeah,
1: Tarkin was. The
0: second time I've I like it- him.
1: I, I like it. I'm happy with the way it was done. Mm-hmm. But I find myself, because I know Peter Cushing is long since gone, um, scrutinizing it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's I'm noticing it because I'm scrutinizing it so much or if it, that it's just that obvious. Um, my wife was uh, blown away by him yeah. in that movie. Um, I thought the Princess Leia actually looked better. In the Tarkin but I seem to be in the minority on that most people say the other way
0: I think they're both equal Yeah.
1: Um, however with Rogue One uh, the fact that they got unused footage from the original movie of the red and gold leader that was awesome. blew me away I loved that and if there's a way that there is footage from The Force Awakens and um, The Last Jedi of Carrie Fisher's character that they can somehow work in and lose her Mm -hmm. In episode 9, I I think that's probably a long shot to be able to do it, but maybe that combined with some CGI, they'd be able to pull it off. I 100% agree that somebody like Princess Leia uh, can't be written off in the opening crawl.
0: No, and I just, if they didn't, nobody can foresee any of that stuff, and I just can't imagine that they had filmed anything that they could potentially tweak in some way to do a fitting end it would have to be something pretty massive are
1: we discounting the possibility that somehow uh in post-production they were able to redo something in the last jedi where she doesn't make it out of that
0: movie well that's the thing too is would something have happened to her that would potentially have been really nail-biting to say is she gonna make it or not Hmm. I mean, we don't know what it's going to be. I just... That, to me, seems even risky and... Uh, I don't know. Like, basically, and going back to the original trilogy, I mean, basically... You know, George Lucas gave himself an out if Han Solo wasn't, yeah. gonna come, if Harrison Ford wasn't going to come back for Return yeah. of the Jedi. I mean, there was an opportunity there, and those scripts were always in flux. I mean, he was he was changed. well, that was
1: more Harrison Ford, if I remember. No, correctly. yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: basically, those those scripts were still in flux, and I mean, there was three years in between, but they were constantly changing things mm-hmm. like on the spot, and I, I don't know. It's it's definitely whatever they do. I you know I think they'll.
1: It's almost they'll, like I'm. I'm putting my trust in them now. Yeah. On this one. And, I think with uh, Rogue
0: One having now been the second movie that they've done that was critically well received. It was an enjoyable Star Wars movie. You know, not that they can do any wrong, you know, going back to something I, you know, joked about a little bit ago, but I, they've earned my trust now. They they yeah. will they they love the thing is that I love about Lucasfilm and I love about the story group and just all these people bringing in, they love it as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be the person that screws up Star Wars.
1: No, and to I, I'd be curious to hear somebody who is very critical of Disney making the purchase of Lucasfilm mm-hmm. now. Um, oh, definitely not. I, I mean, mean, I'd, No, I'd love to hear yeah. their take. Have they come around? Are they still very worried? Because, I mean, I was a Disney fan. My wife and I have taken our son to Disney multiple times. Um, so when I heard that was going down... I was a very happy person because I felt like they were not going to screw this up. No. Um, There was a chance, but I felt like there was a much better chance that it was going to go well. And it has. Um, So another part of that is anybody who's critical of it, and they loved the original movies. um, If it wasn't for Disney purchasing Lucasfilm, we may have never had another movie with Princess Leia in it. Now we get two. Yeah. Because we lost Carrie Fisher really early. So if it wasn't for Disney putting this all together and and moving things forward, we may not have ever gotten another movie with her in it. So, we, I mean, the timing worked out not perfectly, but it it worked out pretty well for us to at least get to enjoy her on the screen as Princess Leia again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to talk about collecting. We might save that for another time. But I just would say, you know, we're both here in New Hampshire. I have not seen anything... 40th out there at all i mean you've seen a couple things but it's just so it's so frustrating we yeah. talked about it at, at krypton a few weeks ago but oh it's just disappointing to go into a store and, and hoping even though i'm not intending to really go out and buy them i'm I w- was lucky enough that i was able to when hasbro toy shop made x-wing luke available for about 20 minutes i, I hopped on it you're and, the man by the way <laughs> so Thank i you. got each one of us one of those but um you know those things are going for like four and five times the the retail price right now that's just incredible but
1: and uh, you made the point at the krypton thing just there's the distribution is just a complete letdown like where are they just not making it is it not getting distributed properly throughout the country are there other parts of the country i mean i haven't looked enough online to see if other the west coast seems
0: like they get stuff earlier and and better which is funny because hasbro is based in on the east coast in rhode island and, and in pennsylvania
1: yeah, but where are these things getting made, and where are they coming yeah, into? Yeah, that's true, too. It might but... be a California port that it comes into, oh, so no knows. But it's... it's it's brutal right now. It, it is. really is. I mean, I checked GameStop. I mean, I guess I'm lucky, because I checked GameStop maybe three times in the past week mm-hmm. while my wife and I were out and about, and the third one was the charm. I, I picked up two of their exclusive R5D Force. Yes, which,
0: thank you, by the way. Yeah, no problem.
1: <laughs> um, so, but it's... Uh, yeah, I, I'm, it is a lot of, it's very disappointing. You walk into a Walmart, and I was telling you this earlier, uh, Constable, what's his other name? Constable Zuvio. Zuvio. Zoo, oh Zoo, my Zoo, God. I, I, you, you want to like throw a temper tantrum or something and just like stomp on him in the aisle. because You're just so sick of seeing this guy. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah, all of a sudden, He was gone, finally. Like you stopped seeing 40 of them on the peg. And now all of a sudden he's showing up in stores again, and you're just, oh, come on.
0: Yeah, so, and I don't know, we were joking too about, you know, I think we had both seen the same image on a, on a Facebook group, like, somebody had, like, 30, like, R5D, you know, the, you know, the GameStop exclusive there, and everyone is ripping him a new one, like, you know, he's like, I'm just trying to make, like, $5, you know, profit on each one of these, and everyone's like, just dude, just leave them in the store and let somebody else buy it for $5 less than that. I mean, you're not like Robin hood here. It's yeah. It, it... There was a couple things. that was funny. Like somebody, I, you know, I told you this earlier, but somebody took like, um, you know, Finn and, and Han Solo from the force awakens. And instead of Han saying, well, that's not how the force works. It's like, well, that's not how collecting.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. And you know, when we were doing uh, force Friday, uh, at the end of last year yep. before rogue one, uh, we did a midnight, opening of uh, Toys R Us around us. And, uh, That big the, guy. The guy! There were guys... No, there were two guys at the front... Like, in front of us in line. Yep. And they... I guarantee... They, they didn't... You know, a lot of us, you could tell. We were all talking about Star Wars. Robot Chicken came up. We're all joking <laughs> about different Star Wars things. Which we will talk about Robot Chicken on the show at some point. Maybe uh, at the end
0: of this episode. Yeah. Stay tuned to the
1: end. And, uh... But... You could tell these two guys, they're on their phones and they're, you know... They, they were there, I swear, just to pick up what they could and resell it.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's they were all
1: right. You know, we talked to them a little bit, but you just... You could tell. And, uh, yeah, the, the guy that I had to reach over to get that last uh, Death Trooper or whatever it was, was... Uh, I think that was what we were trying to get. It was... Yeah, that was another story. But
0: <laughs> yeah, collecting should be fun. I mean, yeah. its it just kind of enhances the Star Wars experience and, and having that, uh, you know, we're looking at all my Black Series and SH Figure Arts and all that other stuff. But um, yeah, it's just, it's been disappointing. I think there's a lot of people out there that are that are trying to sell it on eBay. Yeah. I can't imagine that, Well, and I've talked about this before too. I mean, like eBay takes like 10% right off the top. So you have to already be making mm-hmm. a 10% profit on something you buy at retail just to break even. Yeah. You throw in your own, I mean, usually you can tack on, like, shipping costs in, in eBay and the sale price. You still have to pay for the boxes. You still have to pay for the tape and the packing materials and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah. And and that, I mean, it's like, I don't know if these people really know what they're doing. And, I've, and I, try, I don't do it anymore. I used to be like, oh, I know this is going to be pretty valuable. I'll do that. I was lucky to break even. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that was a good lesson for me as a collector, but I'm like... I I think the frustrating thing is the people that you see selling on eBay, I'm
1: sure there are some that are doing it and they're collectors, Mm -hmm. but my point about the guys in the line is they're not there to keep any of that for themselves. I don't care if my stuff is worth more 20 years from now, and and you can tell that because I take almost everything out of the box. There's very few of the exclusive Luke Skywalker you got me. You know, that's going to stay in the box. That's just sought after. I understand that, and I'm good with that, but most of the stuff comes out of the box, and that's how I display it. That's how I enjoy yeah. the collecting that I do. Um, I don't care if something has you know is going to be worth more down the road, and I should keep it in the box to do that. And um, you know, these people that get stuff immediately like the R five D four exclusive, it drives up the price just because there's a rush to do it now. You know, and I, I don't think those are going to be worth a whole heck of a lot down the road. I could be wrong. I know? mean,
0: these hover tank pilots that I'm looking at here. Like, those were so hard to find, you know, talking, you know, I I always end up bringing up economics and supply and demand
1: when I talk about Star That's stores. what I reached around that guy to grab. Yeah. That's right. But, yeah. I mean,
0: basically, anytime you, something is scarce, the, you know, and the demand is there, the price is going to go up. And a lot of these things are just going to become so common eventually. I mean, you yeah. go into a Toys R Us now, there's like 30 Hover Tank pilots right. just sitting there.
1: And, and how many people bought one of these things off of rebay for four times retail?
0: Yep. It's, if you're patient, I think for things that you know are going to be readily available, that's the time to to wait. And yeah. it sometimes stinks to be patient as a collector, but more often than not, if you wait, you'll get it at cost, or maybe even you can get it.
1: In this in this day and age, you know, was it was it Boba Fett that had a, a different jetpack or something? I know the missile, the firing missiles, a, a, a phantom legend, really, mm-hmm. but um, but there was something about a Boba Fett back in the nineteen 19- 80s. I'll uh, have to ask 70, Chris about that Yeah, sometime. there was some, there's something, I'm pretty sure it's him with, I don't know, there's a couple of them that are like that, where there's something different about them, and the, the one that was limited was much more sought after, right? I don't think we're going to see a lot of that. No. It's not like there was a first edition Hover Tank pilot exclusive that was only around, and then they changed the way it was made a month into production, and so those limited quality quantity are going to be worth something. We're just not in that day and age anymore i don't think we're i think people
0: years. are still latching on to that part so. yeah
1: well like you said it makes us feel like we're 12 again we're you know playing Play with, with toys yeah so <laughs> you remember that stuff and the star wars figures that you sold at a yard sale mistakenly when you were younger that uh, i
0: hear horror stories about that all the time yeah. i never had like star we joking about it too before we started i mean the only star wars toys i had grown up were like some of the micro machines from like the early 90s and yeah it's probably a good thing that i didn't uh, uh
1: first movie i remember going to see was return of the jedi in the theater and, uh, I had the Ewok village. I had all kind. I had all of them. Um, so it makes me pretty nostalgic for, I'll be interested to talk to Chris. I'll yeah, like to see his get- collection at some point. I want to
0: get you and, uh, and Chris on one of these shows coming up too. He's got an affinity right now for the, the, um, Republic Commando. Oh yeah. He's got a lot of those. Kind of yeah. like I have my shore trooper shine- shrine over there too. So yeah. Oh, so, uh, I think it's a pretty good first episode. I think? think it
1: is too. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm looking forward to kind of, I think the whole idea is to talk, uh, we did a lot of topical stuff today, Yeah. Uh, but maybe get into some off topic and,
0: uh, uh, Yeah, like favorite parts. moments, favorite, least favorite moments, yep. least favorite trilogy.
1: We were talking about the prequels and I really want to do something where you, you know, I have to find like five things I like about the prequels. And you have to find five things that you can't stand. About oh, that's... To, that's reverse, not... to reverse rules, you know? Okay. And to really, balance it, the force. Into, yeah, we're going to balance... There you go. You got a good name for that segment. <laughs> we're going to have to throw that in there. Um, so, but it's... I don't know. There's a lot I think we can do and kind of explore. You guys do such a good job on a lot of the other podcasts about talking about recent news and theories. And we we're going to talk about... A lot of that here but let's throw in some more fun stuff and if there's ever a suggestion that somebody has yeah for us to debate
0: yeah hit us up i think probably the best place would be brickcityblockade.com there's a contact us page uh or just get a hold of uh, robin i mean he's the pretty much the the brainchild behind this whole thing we just kind of you know jim and i we, we was gosh it was about almost a year ago yeah. we like jedi scavenger we kind of had done that and you know, I've since migrated that into you know what is now Brook City Blockade but uh, it's it's been so fun like the last year just kind of connecting with other fans other you know other Star Wars uh, you know collectors and, and fans and just seeing how much positivity out there and, and I think the negative Nancys that are out there that are kind of poo-pooing a lot of the different things I mean they they might be some of the loudest but they, I think they're still kind of in the minority yeah no I agree with that so yeah worked that's out pretty wrap. well I enjoyed it that's a wrap that's I know we'll, uh, we'll have to eventually get you on social media so we can actually do a plug time but I would just tell everybody to subscribe to the podcast network on iTunes and head over to brookcityblockade.com for collecting news news in general uh, you know everybody else does a lot of really good job and it's a lot easier to we all have time constraints it's easier to do things as a larger team than it is as, as a one person uh, operation so Hopefully you enjoyed this first episode of The Cantina. And uh, like Jim said, if you have any suggestions, send them along. But we'll see you next time, whatever that is. May the Force be with you. Always. What the hell is an aluminum falcon?